1: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com
0: slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per
1: month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No jumper, coolest podcast in the world. I'm in here with the one and only Smoke dizzy. How you feeling? Really,
0: I'm good, bro. feeling good? Can't complain, can't complain.
1: I was just in New York for the first time in a couple of years, smoking big dope everywhere. What the fuck happened?
0: <laughs> I mean, um, I think they got tired of doing that paperwork. Mm. Just don't make no sense.
1: You know what time it is right now? Look at that clock. Ah, shit, it says 418 up there. It says 420 on my phone.
0: But look, it's two minutes to, to, to 420, even though it's 420 on my clock every day. We're right there. It works itself out.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's crazy as fuck for anybody who's had to smoke in New York over the last like 10 years. You know that it has often been... Extremely
0: Yeah, that's been the only thing I've ever gotten in trouble for. Really? Yeah. It's just letting it be stupid shit like fucking uh twenty-seven grams. Right. Wouldn't even be twenty-eight. Take my weed, hack me up. Bullshit.
1: Because even though it's New York, somebody who smokes as much as you smoke, it's just at a certain point. Like, you're just not going to be able to go inside or find a little spot to do it at. Sooner or later, you're just going to smoke on the corner.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like smoking a bogey at this point.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's how you feel, yeah. but then you forget that there's still cops that have a stick up their ass, but then all of a sudden, that seems to have changed.
0: Yeah, because some of them smoke weed, too. You yeah. <laughs> know, I mean, at the end of the day, if um, what are going to arrest somebody that's sick that has to smoke weed, it's not like... We- we're actually out here committing crimes with it. I mean, you know, on a black market scale, if if they suspected somebody was um, doing distribution, I guess, then they could pair it to violence somehow and mm-hmm. then have probable cause. But for somebody that's just casually just living their life smoking weed, it's a little pointless.
1: It's always seemed crazy as fuck yeah. to be worried about that. I mean, that that is kind of the problem, though, is like— uh you know, Biggs from Rockefeller got caught up with a crazy-ass case for yeah. distributing many, many pounds over the years, whatever. It's like, to a certain extent, they can't just let everybody smoke weed because then that encourages the black market, and they don't want motherfuckers getting rich and killing each other, etc. Right,
0: right. I think, I mean, you know, that shit even go on out here. Like, L.A. is, like, probably a little more notorious for that, even though it's it's compliancy and, and, and shit going on over here on that level, but... You know, you could still get followed and <clears throat> whatever.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just- <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, at this point, it yeah. is starting to kind of become where. I think dealers who just sell on the black market are starting to like, once again, be sort of looked at as people who are doing illegal things and they're trying to do so much to make it so that it's hard for those dealers to get pounds by having the the tracking systems on the pounds in the official grow ops. It's like every pound you grow got to be labeled and goes to the dispensary and they know what happened to that pound every step of the way. They know how many Asa got broken up into and all that shit is just them attempting to make it so it'll be really, really tough. To scheme on the system and not pay taxes. Yeah, primarily. I
0: mean that's a lot, but you know they'll figure out a life hack.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what they always tell me. Like we'll <laughs> figure it out once the system's in place, then we'll figure out how to skirt around the
0: system. <laughs> yeah, like everything else. But it's weird. I'm, I'm,
1: I don't want to be presumptuous here. I'm going to assume that you are the kind of guy who might have made some money off marijuana in his life.
0: Legend has it. Allegedly. Legend has it, allegedly.
1: How do you feel the game might change for somebody who is a street dealer in New York? Like, do you know about the plans for
0: dispensaries and shit like that? I mean, you know, <clears throat> I'm far removed from that because I own a brand, Smokers Club. Right. Um, One of the founders and owners. And, you know, um, we're moving into compliancy and just doing different things in the marijuana world. Mm. So I'm not really, not even really, I'm not paying attention to anything black market because that's not my lane of shit you know what i mean so um or at least you know what's going on right now so smokers club is focused on compliance and and really doing different things in in the entertainment world Mm. with marijuana so
1: It's interesting because I notice that Rolling Loud, like when I look at their promotional materials, I don't really see anything weed related. And I'm pretty sure that's because they're trying to go to China. They're trying to go international where weed is looked down upon in a lot of places and they want to be able to say, yeah, it's called Rolling Loud, but what the music's loud. Like they don't want to have to be caught up in being like a weed specific thing because internationally that plays a lot different.
0: Right. I mean, can't really speak on what Tarek is doing on on that side. Yeah, I have you know, like, about that. He might have a different perspective on that, but you know, I think it's for them it's more for the experience mm. that you could see all of these dope artists in one place at one time. Because I know that's for us, me, Johnny Scheiss, Like we want to give an experience where you can get that, and it's like you know Woodstock. Mm. It's like you know catered to stoners, right? By stoners, so that's our you know spin on what we do what i should you know we we started with doing the tours and stuff around 2009 um south by southwest and just you know growing and that first show like we had every who's who on that like kendrick was on that show Mm. i was on that show where's crit spit up i think i remember that dude yeah Yeah. like you know it was a big show but have
1: you (laughs) ended up in situations where you're doing Smokers club shows in places where you basically can't smoke
0: yeah and yeah, it's like oxymoron. It's like yeah. you know, I'd be like how you book smoke does have a show. Where smoke does can't be smoke does. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to understand it's a business too. Yeah. So I mean, you don't It's kind of weird, you know, cuz the fans is here to do that and you you're watching people that came to see you get kicked out because they going to spark up once you get on the shit anyway. Right. And you know, sometimes I might break the rule and just do it and just be like, well, fuck it. My yeah. show is almost over anyway, so I'm going to leave with them anyway, but then sometimes, you know, you just got to respect the game. And you don't have to necessarily be smoking to to give that content. Yeah, you got to be able to be –
1: be a little smart about it at a certain point and just yeah. know the spot you're in. Because, man, sometimes you are in a venue where you light up a fucking blunt and you just see, like, buzz cut ass security guards just <laughs> like the <laughs> eyes just hit you. And it's just like they're, they're really going to treat it like you just, like, slapped a baby right there. Like, they're yeah. going to act like you really did the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, they get they, they're a bit extra sometimes. And I'm Fair like, enough. yo, dog, it's not even worth your job, dude. right? Like, why are you... Let let the kids smoke. Yeah. Like some shows, like or at least being on the road and and watching diehard fans get put out. Like either after my set or before my set, and I would be the guy to go get the fan and bring him back in. Right. Like now, nah, let him back in. He's good. He with me. Mm. You know, just because you know these kids is here for a show. They here. You know, this is what we do right. at the end of the day. It's not like we're we hurting nobody and. It's not like they're underage kids either right so you know if this is what we partake in and this is our spiel then they should be able to enjoy it
1: yeah it feels like a lot of the world is getting a lot more open-minded to weed but it's still when it comes to like smaller boundaries you're still just sort of steadily seeing things broken down and for me just to go back to williamsburg and be staying at airbnb and to be able to be smoking on the porch and not even thinking twice about it was a very different experience it feels like a different city because everywhere we're going in the city and shit too i'm smoking just smoking in
0: williamsburg adam yeah you smoking in the hood with us mm. it's a little different in harlem he yeah was but in, harlem that, with it, us smoking. That in that's the projects
1: different. like in a house
0: like in an apartment building yeah but yeah true but still no you was in the hood like,
1: yeah but i'm talking more about my days riding bmx in like 2003 2004 shit like that where if you fucking lit a blunt union square you were <laughs> really? really looking around like you were breaking the
0: law yeah yeah i mean it depends where you was at but yeah that's true.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of white owls getting smoked on the corner that the cops just somehow managed fillies. to ignore.
0: <laughs> but is that what you're on?
1: What do you smoke at this point?
0: At this point, I'm on backwards. Okay. I was um I was a Dutch Master guy for a long time, and, oh, and yes, once, once they switched the leaf, I felt like they started making it in um Connecticut. Really? They, yeah. It changed up that much. They, yeah, because the whole texture, everything switched up, and I was like. Eh. The, started making the weed taste funny Really? Yeah That's interesting Yeah for me I, I didn't
1: even know that there was a blunt Besides the Dutch Master for a long time Really? I mean that was just the only thing I knew of Was just my homies who road bikes Just going in the store And being like Let me get a Dutch <laughs> it didn't really. I guess the, I knew what Philly but,
0: but what kind of Dutchess though the, the the
1: Palmas, like the the cigar Dutchess Or the Cigarellos That shit with the thing that you wrap around it and everything But I mean me, oh, I, I, I didn't really get that into smoking weed Like I wasn't buying weed and rolling blunts myself Until I moved to California in 2009 I was always just a dude who would smoke When other other people were smoking But I never really got so married to it That I had to like facilitate my own smoking Until about 2009 when I moved out here
0: respectfully i mean living out here you would have to partake if you're any bit of cool i mean it was just it
1: was just an education in in how to like smoking a lot of good weed or we thought it was good at the time at least like over and over and over as soon as i got out here man there was a lot of very early night sleep there was a lot of spinning out a lot Mm -hmm. of like just getting too high to bust through that wall that you got to get past you know you meet like a girl all the time be like i can't smoke weed i freak out i go crazy You know, I just didn't let that stop me. I had to break through a few of those walls.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you know, my first few times coming out here, or not even few, still, I might smoke, like, some Billy Kimball, like, some Luigi, and just be decapitated for the rest of the day. Yeah. But I learned to really, like, have some type of moderation, if that even is such a thing for me. When I got to work, like right now, uh, I smoked a little before I got. Like I was outside smoking before I got in here, cause I know this, this this no smoke dizzer. Yeah, this no smoke dizzer. Three months left. There's a countdown till yeah. we get a
1: new spot where we can smoke freely. All right,
0: good. I can't wait. I'll be back so I can really, you know, I don't conduct know myself I, the way I want to.
1: I don't know if I could get unpleasantly high off like Smith spliffs or blunts, but if I take one dab, it's gonna really affect Bro. how I'm living.
0: Yeah. Do you dab like that? No. Like
1: often? But once in a while, somebody will bust them out. But I'm not really going to do it unless it's like I'm probably going to be relatively close to my bed or at the end of the night. Or like I'm not really trying to just be trotting around. I, I ain't trying to do an interview off a of dab. I can't fuck
0: with the dabs, man. man. That's a lot. That shit took me out the game, man. Really? Yeah, that's like weed basin. I call it.
1: Yep. I don't even real. like
0: the whole idea of it it's just it creeps me out.
1: That is a funny effect when a regular person sees you taking a dab and they think that you're an actual crackhead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like yo, what are you doing? Like yo, what is that shit you just put it in? Would you put it on it? What's the little shit that you scooped away? That's how I felt the first time I saw somebody do it. I was really like, oh no, you're like a real drug addict. Man, that's a lot going on. It's a it's an intense um, form of marijuana Mm. that I don't like to indulge in. That's not my type of thing.
1: I feel like you've really done a great job over the past like ten years or so of creating like a. Really strong personal brand of just being like a cool-ass New York motherfucker that smokes a lot of weed.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, staying consistent, being myself. Mm. So, you know, I don't really got to adjust to what's going on around me. It's really just living. If I fuck with it, I fuck with it. If I don't, I don't. And if I'm indifferent, I'm just indifferent. Like, I'm not – I support all the young artists coming up, Mm. you know what I mean? And I support all the legends, too, that, you know, might might wanna work. Like I'm not against working with people. Mm. Like, you know, that's what building a camaraderie is what would keep you going. Right. See the same people you see going up, going down. So
1: like is there anything about the Griselda shit that sort of inspired you or just made like I feel like to a lot of like a certain type of rap fan, them blowing up over the past couple of years has been like extremely motivational.
0: Extreme I just got off the phone with West Side. That's Mm. one of my best friends uh um, all of them um but yeah i'm very inspired by uh by what they do just the craft the craft the 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 cadence the way they they line their shit up the the choice of beats and you know they they some they some real brothers at the end of the day mm. like we all come from from some type of struggle right and and you know just to to exist in this game right now and to have the shift back to lyrics. Like, for me, it's a win. I love seeing Griselda. I love seeing Mm Davies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that, it it warms my heart because that's my feel of shit. So, yeah, I do the stoner shit too, but I'm also from New York, and, you know, those are my peers. So Mm. to see that shit being um, highlighted, is like, okay, cool. Like, so now... I could fit myself in there and do what I got to do as well.
1: I was like just having that conversation with Dave East on here where I was saying that like Bronson to me was one of the first dudes who came out who really was able to take a different approach towards a rap career where it's like I don't need to be a dude who has a number one hit. I can just be a cool ass real person from a city. I'm a great representation of that city. People love me. I can go and do some video content and do a TV show. I could do YouTube. I could do the music thing and it doesn't matter if my album don't sell 100,000 copies because it's all part of just creating like a a, a strong personal brand and like with you even doing the events and stuff it's like you've you definitely in the sim, similar way to Dave and and Bronson and everybody. It feels like there's a lot of people who are really able to like create these dope careers without necessarily compromising their music? Because somebody like you, if you wanted to try to make it as a rapper in the late 90s, you might have gone and thrown on a shiny suit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least I it would have been a temptation.
0: I mean, uh, maybe not, but <laughs> I see. I, I get what you mean. No offense to Styles, Styles is on I the mean, album. I mean, those is my brothers at the end of the day, you know what I yeah. mean? But I don't know. I don't know what mindset I would have been at in mm. in the 90s with being smoked, DZA, mm. but I definitely, you know, that w- I would have been placed amongst the elite, mm. I know that, but, um, you know, just, I got a cult at the end of the day, like, I got people that, that follow what I do, mm. so I don't, I never really tried to make a hit record because I never really cared about, it never was about a hit record to me, mm. it's about a legacy, so... Yeah, I might not have a song that you could be like, oh, yeah, well, Smoke, this is the guy that made that X. But I have a career and a catalog and a lineage of, you know, helping artists and, you know, just being a part of the culture. Mm. But you can't take that away from me. Yeah, that's more of a
1: long-term brand-building thing, you know, where it's like so many other things kind of depend on that, like you, you being able to come out and do the vinyl shit. It's like that type of thing, having that kind of fan base that fucks with that, is not gonna really work if you're a compromised artist. Right. If they feel like you're just kind of doing whatever you got to do, trying to make a hit, they're gonna be looking at you like you know you're compromised, which you you would be if you're really like going extra in that direction. There's, there's something to really yeah. be said for keeping it solid and hardcore. Yeah, you know? I
0: mean yes and no because I can't say that you know I wouldn't like one mm. if it happened, but it's not something that I was focus on because like i said that's not my bread and butter like you know i'm not i don't make radio music so i don't expect to hear myself on the radio mm. or in the club even though it might happen right you know what i mean but that's just that's just me just being straightforward just being like all right this is what i want to do that might change yeah but for right now you know in, in my journey that hasn't been something that I was all the way focused on.
1: When I think back to the first time I even knew about you, I think about it was it a noisy piece that they did like on the basketball court and shit? Way oh, back in the day. It was probably yeah, ten years ago. Yeah,
0: it was a while ago. Yeah. I ran down on my mom's and all types of other shit. Yeah, where yeah.
1: where were you at in your life when you look back at like when that was being filmed?
0: Um, I was still learning the game. Like, you know, I've I've always been indie. I I've never done a major situation but i've been in situations right um contractual situations where it might have it might have not been in my best favor and that's not to knock anybody like i'm not disgruntled to anything but you know it's just learning business like you got to bump your head and you have to you don't have to but when you make these mistakes these are the mistakes that teach you mm-hmm. and, and it's the lessons that help you it's even going to elevate you or it's going to Leave you where you at.
1: The goal is just to make the mistakes inexpensively.
0: Inexpensively, because I and made a
1: lot of expensive ass mistakes, I, and they ain't ma- that fun. Right,
0: right. So <laughs> to double back where I was at, you know, I was making a lot of expensive mis- mistakes, mm. and um, I was learning. And you know, I'm grateful for the times, but I wasn't in the best place. Why well, you time. say that? You just weren't satisfied with your life, or were you, were you? Nah, I mean, I'm always, I'm breathing, and I'm here. So I'm I'm always satisfied with, with my life and well, career wise. Cause you know, you always I, I have goals and wants that I haven't achieved yet. Mm. But um, you know, career wise at the time, I wasn't all the way right business wise. Mm. Like I, I didn't really my structure was there, but I was doing a lot of finding myself. It was like I was at a time where I was being um rebellious to a lot of my mentors and mm. a lot of people that was around me. That was uh trying to guide me to do the right thing. But then it comes to play where it's like, you know, I got a family. So it's like, but what? So you have you regrets tell me? about who exactly reg- you worked with no, in that regard? I don't have regrets at all. I don't live with regrets. But, you know, I would have done some things a little differently had I, had I probably not been just thinking, like, okay, just let me take the bag and mm. do this and worry about that later. Yeah when you know later comes sooner than you think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Later ain't always right. later. There's like, always,
1: as soon as you get anywhere in your life, there's always going to be opportunity to get a short-term bag that is going to fuck up some other shit that will work in the long run. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's the music Especially the as a music guy. Yeah.
0: yeah, shit happens. I mean, but at the end of the day, we, we still all blessed to even be able to get that bag. Because mm. there's some niggas that could rap till eternity and nobody wants to pay them to do that mm. so you know to be able to make those expensive mistakes you know that says a lot about character too right that, that you could even be able to have something expensive to to fuck up mm. you feel That's me true. So.
1: Do, do you feel like uh like have you ever lost the motivation to keep creating as a rapper did you ever lose that along the way because you have had a pretty long career at this point
0: yeah every now and then you know like i deal with real life shit i'm human mm-hmm you know, I deal with shit with my wife that might fucking rattle me. Right. Like, uh, I deal with shit with my kids that might rattle me, with my parents that might rattle me. Right. I wouldn't say make me lose motivation because, you know, like I was telling uh, one, of, one of my younger homies that was asking me about, right, like, when's the last time you had writer's block? And I'm like, I don't have writer's block because I live a lot. Right. Right? So <clears throat> for motivation, like, I live a lot and I live a real, a really fucking cool life. Mm-hmm. And that's not even like on, on like, you know, lavish, like, I, you know, shit, I'm doing what I want to do right. in my life. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm sitting here talking to you high in L.A. I'm from <laughs> New York. I'm from New York City. Right. I've never had a job a day in my life. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, look, so it's like, you know, motivation just comes from living. Mm. So I don't really. That's crazy, though, because
1: I will... Look at my Instagram story. The last night I'm looking at my Instagram story. It might have been the night before, and I've seen a whole bunch of my friends, and they were at some cool-ass, like, Thug and Migos show or some shit. They're all backstage kicking it with all these people. And, like, you know, I'm just really looking at it like, damn, I was really in bed by, like, 1130. And, like, woke (laughs) up and went to the gym and was eating super healthy and shit. But And I'm, like, happy, really happy about living that life. But then at the same time, I'm, like, you just sometimes get that reminder, like, damn, I could be outside doing shit at the end of the day. A lot of the best opportunities that you are going to come to you in your life are because you just went to some function and just tapped in with somebody randomly, met somebody, et cetera, you know? And it's like, that is the weird part about getting older, is getting further and further away from that. Whereas when I was 20, if there was some dope party going on down the street, I'm there. You right know, I'm there. I'm pulling but up. Right now I probably couldn't like, have got in, but I would have wanted to be there.
0: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> shit, man. Like, you know, I wouldn't call it jaded because I still like doing certain shit, mm. but- I don't be liking to be out like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's all the same shit unless it's something special, unless it's something that, you know, one, one, one of my peoples is doing that I respect or somewhere where I might need to be. Mm-hmm. Now there's times where I don't want to do something and I go and I might bump into a bag, right. you feel me, or bump into an opportunity right. for a bag. So, you know, trying to get out of that is a, is a process within itself. But... Like you said, getting older and being around the bend so long and doing all the same shit. It's like, how much of this shit can you do? Like, how many times can I go to South by Southwest? Right. You feel me? Like, when you've done it 10 times. <laughs> you've done it 10 times. I'm about to go to South by Southwest. I'm going to perform mm-hmm. for the same moving crowd that's following me from venue to venue. And mm-hmm. yeah, you might get into a fader for it. But it's like, okay, what else? So, mm-hmm. you know that's where we at with it's shit.
1: easy to be excited about shit when it's your first time around the block you I mean, 18 19 whatever you're just like outside really for the first time getting to go to a club go to a party whatever it's like you couldn't tell me that shit wasn't
0: dope right now it was because <laughs> it's new it's new energy yeah you feel me new energy is always dope but mm. then when you repeatedly repeatedly do it over and over it's mm. like all right what's
1: next you know everything about it you remember your first time on tour yeah,
0: my first time on tour was crazy. Um, my first time on tour was with Crit and Currency. Oh wow! Um, Smokers Club. That's official. Twenty ten, I think our first show was in like Canada or some shit. I didn't even have a passport at that time. And you got through it? And uh, no, I got one. Obviously, oh, okay, okay. I got expedited <laughs> in twenty four hours. But um, you know, that was the reason that I even got one because it's like, all right, cool, we about to fucking go to Canada and do different shit. So I had to have one. But um. That tour taught me a lot because How I learned a lot from spinning and crit, like performing wise. Mm. You know what I mean? Being able to rock a crowd and just movement, you know, and, yeah. and being able To to watch them every night and learn from my peers and like repeatedly do that, like get to tour with Wiz and get to tour with Method Man and Juicy J and like all these people that rock crowds for real, you know, it helped mold my craft as well because I took bits and pieces from all of them. Right. Just being there watching, I watched the same set every night and enjoyed the same way, you know what I mean? And it's like, I I wasn't just watching it just. As a fan, I was watching it to learn. Right. You feel me? Because it's a reason that these guys are successful.
1: Somebody like Juicy or Wiz or whatever who who just go on tour and they're just used to just grinding out these fucking back ends just over and over. You know, you have to get that physical act of going on stage and performing down to a science because mm-hmm. when you just go on tour or you do a random show here and there for the first time, I mean, you could just sort of wing it and not really know exactly what you're doing. Maybe you get by on the energy from the crowd or whatever. But if you want to keep going, doing that shit for decades, I mean, that's a real skill.
0: Nah, the mechanics in that shit is like some whole other shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's breath control. It's knowing when to talk and when not to talk. You know, it's even... Up to putting your set together with how that should be, you yeah. know what I mean. So you know, learning that structure and seeing how that shit went helped me move how I'm moving right now. Right. So, shout out to all those guys.
1: Definitely. Um. Do you do the fronto ever? <clears throat> not really. Not, I'm not a fan. fronto
0: guy. Not like that. No. All my Brooklyn homies do that shit though. Yeah.
1: Um, my friend Black Dave from Harlem. He he
0: has shout compl- out to Black Dave. You know Skated Dave? Black Dave? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Black
1: Dave. Dave is fully. Converted me to like fronto, except I just don't like the actual process of burning that shit and putting it in the spliff and shit. It's just I haven't got yeah. used to it yet. It's, but it's a lot.
0: That's a, a whole process. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. You might as well just smoke a bag with him, just be done. It's yeah. a lot. I That's don't true. like I don't like smoking fronto with the white paper because it's like it tricks me. So if somebody be like, yo, mm. pass me a spliff or pass me a joint or what looks like a joint to me, right. and I hit it thinking it's a joint mm-hmm. and you get that. Punch to the gut out of nowhere, that, blah, mm. and it's like, all right, but I can't fuck with this. That's a part of the That's reason why I don't for. even smoke with people. Mm. Like I will do personal parties all day. You feel just that way that if a fan
1: walks up to you and passes you a blunt, it ain't really. It's not worth nah, it. It's not.
0: It's not worth it. Uh,
1: yeah, i have PCP in there.
0: Not, not just that, but it's just <laughs> you're funny.
1: Fentanyl weed.
0: I heard that yo, fentanyl, yo, fentanyl uh, weeds out.
1: Uh, well, I know I, I kind of have a hard time believing that anybody would waste their fentanyl and putting it on weed but
0: I hope you just didn't put that in the universe
1: No that's a real thing I heard people talking about this I heard Artie I, Lang was on fucking Joe Rogan saying that there's fentanyl weed out there I'm like man that's news See to that's
0: me. why you gotta know what you're smoking And you yeah. gotta know where you're getting it from and you know what it is mm-hmm. Because but that's a whole nother <laughs> topic because you about to just have my derail home. you You yeah, about to derail <laughs> me <laughs> Fentanyl weed But nah I'm not I'm not smoking No fan weed I used to mm. You know what I mean Like They they might If they come to me With like tree Like I take donations Yeah 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 Man, I take them Cause that got works. offerings Yeah Easy. bring it Bring yeah, it weed yeah. Give it I'll Smoke it It's like fan
1: pussy Seems great at first But then over time You just start to learn your lesson
0: You're on your own with that
1: Yeah you never did it.
0: Oh, you're not about to bait me into that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, you've been a married man for a long time. Yeah, okay, so you, you don't never know even know. Never even heard that of it. One. Never, is, was there a girl in, you, in the crowd? I didn't notice. I, I have just, no idea.
0: I don't <laughs> be girls at my shows. My shows were stoneless. How you feel about that, though? <laughs> it's good. Whatever. Money is green. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's it, real. It, nah, but girls be at the shows. Obviously, girls smoke weed too. But you know, we there to perform. Yeah. I go back to my hotel room, live my life. Right. that's real Watch yeah. Sports Center, watch uh fucking WWE Network.
1: That's what you go to when you get in the hotel now. Yeah, respect.
0: To order fucking room service or Uber Eats if the room service is trash or doesn't exist. But
1: you stay up on current wrestling like that hasn't lost its appeal
0: to you at all? Nah, because I mean you know sometimes I might fall out with it just living my life <clears throat> and not being able to tune in. Right. But I still catch bits and pieces on Bleacher Report or mm-hmm. whatever. But um. Yeah, that shit keep me it keeps me interested. Because mm. you know, I go to the events, like me and West I go to all the events. Like we're supposed to be going to Survivor series on Sunday. I can't make it because I gotta do some shit with my daughter, but he's going. Mm. But Respect. it's not it's not every. it's not a pay-per-view that we don't miss. Mm. So, you know, just staying in tune. And it's like, you know, getting tuning out of all the important real shit that's going on in our worlds mm. to just go be entertained. Right. and just be a fan of something and just be able to just be like, cool. We know it's not real, quote, unquote. It's real I wouldn't, me, say it's, it. I wouldn't say it's fake, you mm. feel me, because those guys are really getting hurt. There's no such thing as, you know, those guys faking neck injuries and, mm. you know, those different fucking mishaps that happen with them. Although it might be scripted in a certain kind of way, but it's a sport. You right. know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of uh will motivation and talent to pull that shit off and cut them promos and different shit. Like I got a, a whole respect for fucking all the wrestlers in that business because it's a lot of shit that comes with that that a, a normal person couldn't do. Yeah, I mean it's like
1: the rap <laughs> wrestling uh comparison is almost kind of tired, but it's so true. When you're really watching a rapper like give or a, a wrestler like give that promo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: bro, that's like you ever heard Fifty talk his shit at the end of a song? You ever heard Cam shout Cam, on you Cam to start is, a tape Cam off? Cam is
0: the Ric Flair of that.
1: That's a beautiful thing, right uh. there. The best, <laughs> the best thing you can do as a rapper is get to the point where you can talk that talk so vividly that it feels like a rapper, uh, a wrestling promo.
0: That's the best promos. Mm-hmm. Those are the best rappers too. That that entertain in that in that way.
1: Right. Yeah. That's kind of the problem, honestly. Though, is that a rapper a lot of times can have that energy when they're young. <laughs> and they don't know shit and they're not like exposed to what the real world is like they can go on camera and talk the craziest toughest talk ever and then they start to you know be 30 and everything starts to like feel a little bit more real and it's like harder for them to go out there and just act like
0: that big of an asshole yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's i mean true. i mean pretty much yeah but you know you nobody gives you a fucking tutorial when you come doing this shit mm. you know luckily you might you might have an OG that's been in this shit that could give you advice. Mm. But it's up to you to take the advice at the end of the day. But Everybody how, got their own lane or what they want to do.
1: How do you feel, though? Because it's like a very specific style of rap that has kind of taken over a lot of different cities and shit. But in New York in particular right now, we're really seeing like that drill wave of like real gang banging on record saying crazy ass shit so many threats of violence i'm not even gonna name specific artists but we then are seeing the actual violence play out in real life and it's kind of crazy because bro that is just like a completely different world of hip-hop sometimes when you really look at that shit because it's so it's so functional like it is there to provoke and represent and show what is going on in a very specific part of like street life
0: it is. I mean it's art imitating life in certain ways, but um kids is expressing themselves, man. Yeah. Let them kids express themselves. If that's the fucking music they wanna make and it's working, it's, it's let it it's working. It's yeah. working for a reason. You feel me? Like before I might have been a little ignorant towards the whole um idea of it. Mm. Because making music with substance and like, you know, I'm really racking my brain trying to think of this shit and, and these niggas is just coming with the whatever you know, it'll have you a little resentful, mm-hmm. right? Until you look at the art and, and you think like yo, dogs, like it's something for everybody. Mm. Like it's a crowd for everybody. Like that's just not the crowd for you. Like why are you trying to make them people like your shit? Mm-hmm. Like them people like that, like let them like that and embrace that. Because you got to understand like everybody is not supposed to make the same music. Mm. It's, that's why, you know, this shit is, it's no rules in rap. Yeah. So if that's what they doing, like, I embrace pop smoke. I embrace all those dudes. I right. think that shit's hard. Like, you know what I mean? Get money. You know what I mean? Everybody can run that shit up. Right. It's not, it's not stopping it for nobody else. You know what I mean? They are not in the way. Don't matter.
1: Yeah, that's true. But sometimes it just feels like, like somebody sent me a video of some kid rapping the other day. I had like three, four million views in like a few weeks or whatever. And they're like, what do you think of this? Like, you think I should sign this kid? I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you is a 16 year old kid with a machine gun in the projects. That's like why it has 4 million views. Like if you were to just listen to this, it's not really anything special going on. It's just popping off because it is ridiculously violent. And at the end of the day, how long are you gonna be able to monetize that for? Are you gonna be able to monetize that with a clear conscience? What does this guy have left once he catches a case and he can't be having guns in the video and
0: shit? That's true. That's you true, know? but I mean, you know. And that's
1: not to shit on them. It's just to say that, like, from a label perspective, do you not feel some sort of level of, like, that? Guilt? that's all you want to push? What, guilt? You know, I would yeah. feel guilty if, like, if I was pushing an artist that I had signed and they're, like, a fucking 18-year-old kid going out and saying a bunch of stupid shit about popping perks and having guns and all this crazy shit, don't you, at a certain point, be like, man, like, what the fuck am I putting out there into the culture?
0: I mean, me as a uh, man with kids, yeah. But, yeah. you know, somebody that doesn't see it like that and sees it for entertainment, might beg to differ Mm. because, you know, we can't act like that doesn't exist in the world right now because it's a lot of it that exists. And it's working Mm. and it's being powered by something, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you a regular person would have guilt, but somebody that's in the business Mm. that sees the dollar signs and knows how much they could benefit from it, they don't give a fuck about these kids. <laughs> I mean, so it's like they see a dollar, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, then they drop it and move on to the next thing. That's mm. the music industry. Yeah,
1: but there's no part of you that's interested in really dealing with some fucking seventeen-year-old nutcase, or do you could you see yourself? Because I mean, you coming out and doing a project with somebody like Benny, who yeah,
0: he's a new rapper but he's also like a grown ass man that's and the same respectable age. yeah, yeah and, and he could rap for real but to go back to your question with except me with a 17 year old knucklehead mm. i had a 15 year old son right <laughs> that's enough knucklehead it's gonna for be me. weird <laughs> <laughs> like i don't need nobody else knucklehead son mm. to to that i'm trying to get rich that's a knucklehead that i got to deal with and be a fucking babysitter No, I deal with my own kids.
1: But do you have to deal with, like, being a father in this day and age, it's got to be weird. Like, do you frequently find yourself having to explain shit to them that, hey, this thing that's being depicted as dope in the media or in music or whatever is not as dope as you think it is? Do you have to have that conversation at some point? I
0: do, but I don't because I don't want to be a hypocrite, Mm. right? So that's like, obviously, you know, I don't want my my kids smoking weed. So I'm going to say don't smoke weed. And he's going to say, well, you smoke weed. Right. I'm going to be like, well, you're not me. But that's not enough of an explanation. Yeah. You feel me? So the best thing you could do is you can guide them away from it by saying, hey, don't do this because this ain't for you. And this is not what you're supposed to be doing. However, mm-hmm. you're going to be growing one day and you'll be able to make your own decisions. And I can't tell you shit. Mm-hmm. But right now, this is not what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having those conversations about music and shit. I let him express himself. You know what I mean? Not not express himself enough to be disrespectful. But it was a point of time where my parents ain't want me listening to Biggie mm-hmm. or ain't want me listening to Onyx or Tupac or that didn't stop me from listening to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because back the fuck up on a t-shirt back in the day. My, that, my mom's wasn't here. She wasn't having that. The
1: best thing you can do is to draw the connection between them being 14 <laughs> and listening to fucking 6 9 and Lil Pump, be able to draw the line right. back and say, yo, yeah, like, I fuck like with what you're into. It's cool, but also watch, like, take a look at the history of rap and look at how it took so many different things along the way to get to that point. To get to
0: right. See, just recently, I took my kid to his first rap show. I Which took one? Big Crit.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? And Big Crit and Rhapsody. Nice. Shout and I was Rhapsody. like, and I was watching him, like smiling, like watching him look at the show, and I'm like, this is real music. Mm. You feel me? And I don't know if it might correlate years from now. With him, with his his palette of of music, with what he listened to, but you know, I'm trying to guide him in the right direction, mm. and, and and music with substance, shit yeah. that you could you could gain, you could get a mineral or two from out of that, and just not a whole bunch of yelling and screaming. Which I have nothing, mm. I'm not a hater. I, I mean, best <laughs> scenario you know, is to fuck be, fuck be able to to,
1: to like be able to teach a kid enough about rap that they can appreciate. The entirety of it Like okay You might be into this shit Because this is the shit That's popping off on YouTube But I'm gonna show you A Rhapsody And I'm gonna explain Why it's dope to you I feel like if my parents Had like taken the time To really explain The weed thing In the sense of like This is a thing That adults can do and it's it's cool for them to do it, but you're 15 and you you need to be focused on school at this point. Listen, when you turn 18, I'll go and smoke a joint with you and we can have a conversation about it. But mm. it's just not something that you want to jump into too early. Hope, I don't know if kids, do they, do they understand nah. that? No. I, I, they, don't, they wouldn't understand
0: that. <laughs> That'd be something they looking forward to. That was like, you know, for me, it would be like, well, when I'm 16, out can I get a tattoo? Yeah. You feel me? So it's like. I don't want my kid being like, well, yeah, dad, when I'm 18, can I smoke a blunt with you? Mm. Like, no.
1: Go figure that shit out in your body. Because I don't want to take you from zero to sixty. Like.
0: That's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? You like, can't come smoke with the goat to start your weed career off. I mean, I'm his I'm his pop. So you need I, an I, apple ball. He could, but that's <laughs> <laughs> but he don't need to smoke weed at all. That's my that's whole right. point. You feel me? Yeah. But you know, that's that's what I do. That's what
1: I want a kid to understand, is like, if you're 18 19 20 you're just getting started in your life you need to be more concerned with making some money being passionate about something figuring out the kind of shit that you want to do with your life and and fucking with bitches and doing drugs needs to be like a very distant thing in your brain those are things that are rewards for everything else you're going to do in your life Hmm.
0: yeah yes and no Mm. you don't Mm. agree what fucking bitches and doing drugs I just think if Fucking you're, eight, example if you're 18, your children, you
1: don't need to make that the focal point. You know, a lot of people. I know a lot of people who are like 19, 20, or whatever, and they wake up in the morning, and all they're thinking about is how to get some weed. Um, it's not a good, it's not a life to live. It's not a, You're not ready <laughs> it's for not that. That's not promising. <laughs> it's not good.
0: <laughs> i not promising. What about going to college and <laughs> you know, you know, having a job? Yeah. You know, like trying to build your future. You know, worried about credit, like credit, shit like that.
1: Man, I got perfect credit now. All of a sudden.
0: You got perfect credit?
1: All of a sudden, I had bad credit my whole life and all of a sudden all the medical bills I didn't pay and shit back in the day, they're all gone.
0: I never had any credit until recently. Really? Yeah. Finally, mm-hmm. and now I have good credit.
1: Better than having bad credit. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean shit. No credit is bad credit. Mm. No, but um, yeah, credit is a good thing, man. Shout out to you for having good I appreciate credit. Appreciate that. You know, I, so. we
1: should specify that the first time I think we ever met was in Harlem.
0: Yeah, I Duke the God's crib,
1: Duke the God spot, and me and Duke yeah. the God got drunk as hell doing an interview together. And you
0: know, I for did like, like a five-hour podcast, and I left y'all because I'm like, yo, what? The fuck is this nigga? This nigga got mad tattoos, and Duke is drunk. <laughs> Duke is drunk. These niggas is rambling about a whole bunch of fucking lineage that I heard a thousand times. I'm, I'm just like, okay, chilling Duke. With Hell is yeah. just posted. Ruggy posted. Shites <laughs> in the building. Rookie, I'm calling that. <laughs> <laughs> shites in the building. I'm like, yep. man, give me the fuck out of here. This is a lot, but yeah, it was that like was a good time.
1: I-, I didn't know that Duke the God was prone to at least when he had a lot to drink. He started busting out some c- conspiracy theories and shit. Yeah. So there was a point in the interview where I was just like, nah,
0: this probably shouldn't come out. (laughs) Duke Duke is a YouTube connoisseur. He goes down those holes. He'll scour those little rabbit holes for Mm. fucking rare Malcolm X interviews and fucking Mm. (laughs) conspiracy theories (laughs) on fucking random shit. That's amazing. Shout out to Duke the God. I remember that night, too, that like... I
1: think it was Hell Rel. He said, he's like, yo, show me some new shit. If you know about all the new shit, show me some new shit. And I put on the fucking 6 9 and Trippy Red song, Poles. And this is like one, the first song that really popped 6 9 off. And I remember like Hell Rel and Duke looking at it and just being like, all right, whatever. <laughs> just sort of like, <laughs> if you say so. Like, they just seemed like they were like, yeah, uh, I'm sure it will blow up, but whatever, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it ended up working, so.
1: Yeah, it worked out for a while, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And
1: I I remember having that conversation with them. I was like, "Who do y'all listen to?" You were probably in the room too, and a couple of people mentioned that they listen to fucking CMG, listen to Gotti and Black Youngster and all them a good mm-hmm. amount. And I was thinking about that. Is like, is there a part of you that's drawn to any like down south type rap in particular?
0: Um, I like Young Dolph.
1: Mm, Dolph is great. I think
0: Young Dolph is super dope. I like Yo Gotti too. Mm. I like um, Big Crit. Currency, currency. Is fine. I, I mean, you know, like I, it, it may sound biased, but that's that's what I listen to. Like mm. I listen to my friends' shit. They just happen to be my friends, but they make good music. So,
1: Do you listen to anything
0: outside of the rap? Um, I listen to old school R and B, mm. fucking shit like fucking um Teddy Pendergrass and fucking um Bob Marley and the Wailers mm. and fucking Otis Redding and. Just random shit.
1: It's so different going between some old school shit. Because, you know, at times I'll be with my girl. She don't really want to listen to rap as much as I do. We put on some old school shit that we all heard. You know, at least you heard these songs dozens of times. Versus what I'm usually listening to, which is just new rap music, where it's like I'm probably not even going to listen to it enough times to be able to remember any of the lyrics. I'm just mm. sort of taking in. It's like it's like the difference between reading a book and being on Twitter. <laughs> Because I'm being Mm. bombarded with all this new shit.
0: Right. Versus
1: listening to some album. I I put on The Blueprint the other day. It's such a different experience musically to be listening to something that you heard 300 times.
0: It is. It's a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot going on in that shit. It, It invokes a lot of different moods. And the production, just everything about the album is dope.
1: And it's music that not only did I listen to it hundreds of times throughout my life, but it was very much made with the knowledge that that's how it was going to be consumed. Whereas these days, no matter how much you care about your music, you still know in the back of the head that this is an attempt to get people to listen to this shit, knowing that it's hard to get people to listen to shit and that they tend to move past the project. They might listen to it once or twice and move past it. It's like to listen to something that was made to last and has done so, so
0: effortlessly is just. That's life after death for me. Mm. <clears throat> I could listen to that album every single day mm. and not get tired of it. But you know the new way I feel in making music to to give replay value is not actually putting out albums mm. and doing these EPs, right? And, and you know, like pairing up with with different artists and different producers, and making just it exciting, making for them. it exciting, making it more of a movie. Mm. You feel me? Because <clears throat> people could see the same thing over and over, and yeah, they like it. You have the people that gravitate towards it, mm. but then you know when you do something with somebody else it's a different energy mm. and it's just it's just more of a story
1: somebody so. like you when you draw a project I feel like yeah it's important that you either like the, doing the thing with Benny was brilliant but like if you just sort of lock in with a producer to make the fans feel like oh I'm getting like a, a moment in time here yeah this like, is something that specific P-Rock
0: produced the whole shit mm. so that's that's a story within itself and you know that's us coming off don't smoke rock something that he fully produced, too. So mm. it was, you know, keeping that same sound in that same pocket mm. so people knew what they were going to expect.
1: When you go and do a song with Styles P, they're like, how do, you, how do you reach out for that verse? I'm assuming it's not really that big a deal for you at this point to go uh, work with him on something, but, I mean, that's that's your childhood, too. That's who you grew up yeah, on. Yeah, I
0: mean, those guys gave me, I got an open-door policy over there. Really? Like, I, can, I don't have to call any of them. I just show up. They just like yo, Dessa, what's up? Where's the weed? Yo, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, but um, Styles is one of my mentors. Is one of my big brothers. So mm. it wasn't nothing but just a call. Like, yo, I, I got one for you. Like, I sent it through. Right. Same with Kiss. Same with Luch. Like, it's all you know. It's all love. It's it's never really a a big process. Yeah, it's like yeah. a crazy thing to get used to, though, huh? It is because these. That's my favorite rap group of all time. Yeah. So you know, for me. To to be doing fucking interviews sitting next to Kiss and Kiss is like, yo, this is one of the niggas that if, you know, it was war going on and you know you needed to gather the troops, I'm I'm grabbing him. And, yeah. you know, just getting those plugs from niggas that I look up to and and, you know, really took pieces from. That shit is overwhelming.
1: I wonder what it's like to be him. To have like grown ass, respectable ass rappers who look at him like that and for him to be a grown-ass man in his 40s knowing that he's got that whole like a whole layer of rap history that knows all about his shit that one of the godfathers pure respect for him.
0: one of the li- a living legend living legends yeah one of the godfathers of this shit crazy all right
1: Crazy to think about. Is it cold for polo in New York at this point? Or just in general? You feel like the designer just took over Polo?
0: You know, I don't want to throw water on that because that's where I came from and I got a lot of family that's that's into that. Mm. And I'm a low life, so I don't, you know, You're I would still never plainer. say. Yeah, of course. Okay. That's you know, that's love and loyalty forever. But um, you know, right now for me, I'm just trying to do something else. That doesn't stop me from mixing the low up because I wear Greg Lauren. Mm. And I still wear certain Ralph Lauren pieces. You might catch me with a double R Ralph Land or or something on that's just, you know, that doesn't say Ralph Lauren on it. Mm. But I wear a lot of pieces like that. But is it cold? Depends who you ask. Mm. I I think it's it's a brand that'll live forever because, Mm -hmm. you know, the lineage and it's just too many classic pieces that you could always go to. So it would never be like... Completely cold I don't want to shit on no brands But it would never be completely cold Mm. Like another brand that might not be As cool right now in the culture But um No to answer your question I don't think it's cold
1: Well it's crazy though cause you could easily imagine Like some new rapper just popping off And just fully just going Full polo
0: And all of a sudden polo's just back back. (laughs) Right back I'd be be at my uncle At my uncle house that's like my storage For all my rugby shit and Mm. I'd probably have to Bring all my shit out because I can't keep my shit in the regular space. I need, like, a big room for my shit. And I need to trust that nothing's happening.
1: I'm always trying to figure out what happens to all the designer after rappers are
0: done with it. I mean, a lot. We, I, Well, me, I give a lot of shit away. Like, right. a lot of shows. I didn't gave away hundreds of sneakers at shows. Like, one time wears. Like, right. shit that I might not have no use for anymore. Or I might not ever wear again. Just throw them shits in the crowd. Sign them. Make That's it fair. memorabilia. You know what size mean? you? I'm a 12. What are you? 13. I might got, it. I might got something for you. Oh, word? Damn. I have something for
1: you. <sighs> to be real, I got 12s at the crib, too. Oh, word? People sometimes be thinking I can rock a 12.
0: Might mm. <laughs> have to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're wrong, though.
1: Uh, I actually wore 14s for a good good chunk of my life. Word? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, though. I don't need all that towels. That uh, was random. Yeah. You must have been
0: sliding in the shoe.
1: I, I was. You was
0: sliding. sliding. <laughs> uh, you a slob, bro. At, the, at
1: this point in your life. Do you have a lot of concern for like exercise and diet? Has that has that locked in fully or Wow, because I'm fat. No, I'm just wondering, like you know,
0: kind of fucking questions. A lot of fat
1: guys gotta like they're like reasonably fat because if they didn't eat healthy and fucking exercise, I want to be fat. So you're feeling
0: it, okay? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fucking with you. No, nah, nah, um, nah. I mean, you know, yeah. When I feel like it, I have my little spurts where I want to be uh, pescatarian or okay. fucking I want to go box or play basketball or right. some shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm working out. But then, you know, I got my spots where I'm just like, whatever.
1: Bro, the other day I seen Jada and I, I was like, look at that skinny dude who look like Jada. And it was Jada. It was Jada. But I was like, it, it, in my head, I couldn't even process it for the first like minute that I was looking at him.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, they they... They got the juice bar. They take mm. very good care of themselves. You know what I mean? The like, juice is the key, apparently. It is. I'm in the juice bar a lot. You are? Apparently. You know, it, it happens. I, I just happen to look how I look because I I want to be this
1: way. I'm saying it's apparent that it's working because these dudes are all grown as fuck and like apparently losing weight. Although myself, personally, if I drink the juice, I don't feel like that's replacing a meal at all for me. I just feel like it's me taking in a whole bunch more calories mm-hmm. and shit. Oh, sending
0: you to the bathroom, man. Send good me. for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I
1: love so, taking a bright purple shit. Well, it's just make you pee a lot, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I I love to eat asparagus, and then have just the connection of knowing that my piss stinks because of something I just ate.
0: That's a lot, Adam. Feels great. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, you, you know I learned a lot about life because one time I was listening to um. I think it was a combat Jack podcast. Rest in peace, Combat. But uh, he's interviewing Memphis Bleak, and for some reason, they just start talking about farts, farting in the studio and shit. Bleak. Combat and Bleak was having a. Uh, it was a somebody in the bleak. room who started like just talking about farting in the studio and shit bleak shut that shit down bleak was not about to be having You're motherfuckers too cool, t- for that. Too cool thing, to have motherfuckers talk about farting <laughs> what are we doing here dog yeah he was just immediately like hey yo no 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 like we don't talk about like nah and I was
0: like that's a real man right there I'm a real man like all I got is fart jokes How you assess a real man from somebody that don't want to talk about fart jokes?
1: Because to me, I am a child because I am still gleefully laughing at fart jokes. Somebody calls something gay. Nah, I laugh at mad fucked up shit. I'm
0: I'm a fucking child too. I feel like a kid,
1: you know? I I ain't got no filter on what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing at all kinds of fucked up shit. Yeah, I laugh at fucked up shit
0: too.
1: But we're younger. Yeah.
0: It's different. Yeah. We still pretty fucked up though.
1: But you know, like all that Tyler created shit that he'd be joking about and shit. Like the older generation doesn't know what the fuck Tyler's on. I just barely am of the generation where I still think it's funny that he's making all these fucking offensive jokes. I mean, it's funny
0: to me because I know Tyler Mm. and I and I understand him, so I know he's trolling and being sarcastic. Right? You
1: saw what he did to Flex? Yeah, that was funny. So funny
0: because it's like you know, let me see how awkward I could make this person type shit.
1: That's what I'm about. I'm a fan of The Office. I like awkward shit. I like somebody who says the thing that is so painful for everybody in the room to hear that everybody just winces.
0: Yeah, it's the shock value. You know what I mean? That's all that shit is. That means a lot to
1: me. (laughs) shock value. I grew up listening to Howard Stern. That's what it was all about. That was oh. that was the culture that that shit was built on. And then you know what happened with him is that he goes and he moves to Sirius Radio where all of a sudden he doesn't have the FCC telling him you can't talk about queefs and shit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden his, his content fundamentally changed because all of a sudden he didn't have somebody telling him now you can't do that. Right. And when you take that away, like on YouTube, like you don't see that much shit that's like gross out comedy. Because there's nobody to tell you you can't do that now.
0: That's true. I mean it's a lane for that. But I don't even think that that's the driving force of the culture right now anyway. Mm. So that's probably why we don't see it too. Because it's it's so much serious shit happening that nobody even wants to see that. That's not even funny mm. in the real world.
1: That is true. When you
0: got Donald Trump as your president and all this fucking wild shit happening.
1: That weighs on you? You think about it every day?
0: I'm, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I knew what was going to happen. Shit, I'm going to run for president next year. If They fucking voted Trump in you know what I mean I might as well go for a bag too. I
1: mean I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not voting for Kanye. I don't care if he wins. He's contributed a lot to hip hop. I don't think you really got what it takes to be the president. I'm gonna be totally real.
0: I don't think none of them do. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm indifferent and, and I support yay. So I'm not about mm. to even go there with that neither.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice but. to have a rapper in there, but I don't know.
0: If it's gonna be a rap in there it's gonna be smoked as a George Cush.
1: Yeah give me 2020. a give me a bun B
0: I take
1: B. You know? I take Bumby. I like B rule my, my country. That's fucked up. Why would he ruin it though? No, rule. Oh, I thought you said no, rule. No, ruin. No, no. Uh, I don't think uh, B would ruin it. I'm trying uh, to think of, like, you know, Scarface is is running for office. I don't know does if he, he running run for
0: mayor of Houston or something like that. I think that. it's
1: mayor. I think it's some sort of city councilman or some shit. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be a beautiful thing when we start seeing rappers really like holding office and shit. Killer Mike could do that. Kill- <laughs> I'll take killing Mike as a president. Mm-hmm. That don't bother me. Mike is a good guy. Really, I'll give it to Jay Z too, but I feel like he's too low key. I feel like you don't want to even be on camera that much.
0: Hov is the man. I got nothing to say about Hov. You, you got a lot. Of, you got a lot of bait. You got going you on don't, with you. Don't.
1: But you. You. All I'm saying is, I would like him as a president. I just don't yeah. think he seems up for it. He's so low key. He could be so much more public I mean, if he wanted to. He's you know? Fucking
0: Jay Z, bro. Yeah. You don't really have to like be outside You're Jay-Z.
1: But that's the problem is a lot of people have like suggested that Joe Rogan would be a good person to remember president. Joe Rogan's like bro I don't want to live Joe that Rogan. life. Joe Rogan. The interviewer dude on YouTube, bald oh, UFC Oh the UFC dude. Yeah, yeah yeah. I think a lot of people have suggested that but his response is that's gonna ruin my life. Like I'm gonna hate my life. Why would I want to do that to myself? I lo- He loves his life. He gets <laughs> to hang out, do podcasts, <laughs> host the UFC, do some comedy, smoke weed, work out. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a nice life right there. Yeah, and especially if you got all the money in the world from having, a, you know, why the fuck are you gonna want to go and work twelve hours a day being the president? Fuck that, man. Yeah, It sounds like a
0: stressful job.
1: It'd be cool, but it ain't gonna help your quality of life.
0: Mm. I mean, it depends. What if you ran for president? What would you do?
1: Well, here's here's reason number one that I'm not gonna be president. So just like everything I've ever said on this podcast and beyond, yeah. Nah, <laughs> uh, I feel I, lucky I, to even just be. I'll I feel lucky you, to bro. even don't be able to. Well, I appreciate that, but I feel lucky to even be able to exist, given the fact that I just sit here and just say crazy shit all the time, bro. It's a sensitive ass world.
0: You live a good life, bro. Yeah, it's all right.
1: I'm supposed to do a threesome tonight on camera.
0: That's what you're doing.
1: I'm supposed to. My girl put it in my calendar. I'm not 100 percent sure. I feel like the girl. Wants us to have a more recent test My most recent test was like over a month ago I don't think she's into that She wants a fresh one It's unfortunate because I'm fucking the same girl
0: You're a legend bro
1: Appreciate that I'm Trying not to share that part of my life too often on
0: here
1: <laughs> <laughs> You wanna go smoke one? Yeah I do Let's get it Smoke Dizzy My brother No Jumper Coolest podcast uh, in the world Check us on YouTube SoundCloud Really? iTunes Nojumper.com if you want to support. Prestige Worldwide. Smoke does a currency. Prestige Worldwide. Black Friday. I started a company named that back in the day. Really? Yeah, me and my brother, my stepbrother. Boats and hoes. There it is. (laughs) Hey!